the right side by Howden. Rebound side of the goal. They have scored. Howden did bank it home. Vegas wins in overtime. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. This one is over. 6-0. A shutout victory in game six for the Vegas Golden Knights. For the second time in six seasons, the Golden Knights will play for the Stanley Cup. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Jared Justice. Inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... We are into it. Uh, Three games to one lead for the Vegas School of the Knights. Game five coming up tomorrow afternoon at T-Mobile Arena. The Stanley Cup will be in the building. I'll tell you a story about that, why it will be in the building throughout the night. Mm -hmm. Because it didn't used to be. That way, a uh, weird thing happened uh, a few years ago uh, that prompted the National Hockey League to change its regulation. But <laughs> the Stanley Cup will be there, a potential Stanley Cup clinching game if the Vegas Golden Knights are able to win and dismiss the Florida Panthers in five games. So we've got an update from the Panthers from a health perspective. Uh, Matthew Chuck did not practice today, but Anthony Declare did. The Vegas Golden Knights had a full practice at City National Arena in front of a packed house on rink number one. It was jammed a couple hours before practice, and uh, everybody was able to go uh, looking forward to uh, seeing what they can come up with uh, in a spot where emotions have to be running wild. 702-876-1340. What are your emotions like right now? Want to hear from you. 702-876-1340. First segment belongs to you on the VGK Insider Show, Ryan. My emotions, um, not that uh, not that we're keeping track of my emotions in this moment, but I'm just ready to go. And, and I was actually talking to Jared just a bit ago. It's really difficult to compartmentalize because you know what you're looking forward to. You know what could potentially happen tomorrow. It's hard to kind of keep those things separate, but I cannot wait. I cannot wait until this time tomorrow. A lot going on in and around T-Mobile Arena as well. Some activations, they call it, in the marketing business. Uh, We'll tell you who's going to be playing the concert and uh, what's going to be happening outside at Toshiba Plaza before you get inside the rink. You want to go down there and just watch the game at Toshiba Plaza. We'll let you know uh, what's happening. But right to the phone lines. Uh, Steph, you are leading us off on the day before Game 5 of the 2023 Stanley Cup Final. Wow. Holy cow. I've never been the first caller ever. I'm, I don't even know what to say to that. Wow. You're welcome. <laughs> Amy. Hi. <laughs> so I'm, I am a huge ball of emotions. Um, you know, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm crying. I'm emotional. I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. Um, every single time the Golden Knights have had a big game, they've stepped up. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, and you know, every time, everyone has stepped up in different ways. So I'm looking to see who's going to step up and how and where, and I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> where is your heart regarding, will it be a tougher game, or do you think the way they did against Winnipeg, the way they performed against Dallas, were able to just put it away? Um, I think they're just going to put it away. Mm. Um, I, you know, they did it with Winnipeg. They did it with Edmonton. They did it with Dallas. Um, they put it away. I think 
it's going to get chippier and emotional, kind of like how the last couple of seconds of the last game was. But I think if the Golden Knights stay disciplined, they can put it away. Awesome stuff. Uh, are you, where are you going to watch from tomorrow? Um, I'm actually at my parents' house, so I'm okay. getting together with friends and family, and we're just we all have our VGK gear on. Um, I've got my VGK tattoo that I got before game two. Nice. So, I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready. Uh, thanks, Stephanie. Enjoy it. Uh, hopefully, we'll talk to you uh, as part of the celebration later in the week. Absolutely. Yes, please. There's Stephanie uh, getting us out of the gate. Let's go to Stephen on line two on the VGK Insider Show. Welcome. Uh, where's your emotional level at right now? Um, surprisingly calm. I I just don't see any way that... Florida can win game five. Like, you've got a banged-up Matthew Kachat, who, look, for everyone who says he's not a chance of playing tomorrow night, he could have a broken leg and he's getting onto that ice tomorrow night. Like, there's no way he doesn't play, even if it's just to literally stand in front of the net. Like, it's going to happen. So they're essentially playing with an injured star player, like, ridiculously injured star player, um, Bobrovsky, they've already chased him out once this series. I don't think that's going to happen tomorrow night because I think Bobrovsky's just going to stay in there regardless of how many they concede. But I just, like, I just don't see a way that Florida can, can beat this Vegas team, t- like, tomorrow. It's, it's just calm. Like, it's going to happen. And, you know, like, I, I've told the story before. I started, becoming a fan because of year one, because I literally, my first trip to Vegas, and unfortunately my only trip because of COVID so far, was literally coincided with game one and just everything that was going on around the city, um, you know, just, just, just took my emotional state. And, you know, if Vegas doesn't make the cup final in year one, I'm not a hockey fan right now. I'm not a fan of the Golden Knights. And so I think, I think it's time. It's going to happen. And, uh, my question uh, today specifically is for Ryan because Ryan, you've been around this team since day one. Mm. You, you know, player interviews, everything like that. When do you get your day with the cup and they win? <laughs> I I don't. I and and that's that's for players. Like that legitimately belongs to the players. That is what they're out there every single time on the ice playing for. Um, I've I've had the pleasure, honestly, of being able to to be around the cup to to do some interviews. Certainly, we had the uh, keeper of the cup, Mike Bolt, on the uh, pregame show before Game One of the Stanley Cup Final this year, and those to me are the moments that that uh, make all of this um, worth it and and legitimately uh, give me a sense of of why I do this and and how lucky I am. Hey, Mike uh, or uh, Stephen. I- just so you know, I, I talked to Bolte as well today uh, for the the Chirp podcast. We will go through all the different rules and what you can and cannot do, and what uh, what goes into players' days with the cup, and what happens during the course of the summer. Uh, give it a listen because it walks through all of that stuff, and we wanted to do it before uh, so we didn't offend uh, either side. But uh, Stephen, uh, what do you think happens tomorrow night? Uh, close game or one of those? Uh, put it to bed early and enjoy the night. Oh. That's a tough one. I, I think we're very much... I think we're going to get a repeat of Game 4. I think it's going to be very tight, very close, very back and forth. 
Um, I don't think it's going to overtime. I think it'll be a... I, I'm going to say Vegas has a one-goal lead heading into the third period, and... You know, and then I think just the emotion gets to it, and I think that it's just going to blow away into a two-goal, into a two-goal game, which will be a three-goal game by the end of it for Vegas, because obviously down two goals, they're going to pull them, they're going to have to pull Mavrovsky early, and I think I think it'll settle with a three-goal victory by the end of the third period. That crowd leaving game two was electric uh, with all the chants uh, taking place, and I'm sure there'll be some going on early tomorrow, going into the pregame. Uh, thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow for you, uh, which will be... Uh, That's the plan. Yeah. I will be sitting on my couch, and no one will be disturbing me for three hours. Attaboy. Beautiful. Uh, back to the phone lines. And if you want to have your say, 702-876-1340. What are you expecting in game number five of the Stanley Cup final? Let's check in with Mike. I can't uh, begin to verbalize what tomorrow could mean to me. Uh, I think we'll just wait and see, and I'll call Ryan after the game, as I always do, and yeah, we'll talk about it. And in the meantime, thank you, Ryan, for the fist bump today. A little Absolutely. good luck going into tomorrow. Yep, 100%. Appreciate that. I, I do want to ask about one, a couple of things. Uh, last night, Ryan had a call that showed concern or some silly concern about Aiden Hill not having his name on the cup, which I thought was a little bizarre. But is it possible that Jonathan Quick has not qualified for his name on the cup this time? Uh, from the letter of the law, uh, has not uh, has not played in a final game. I don't know whether backing up in a final counts, though. Uh, hmm. I've never been able to uh, go down that path. Quite honestly, it's never really been a factor, a reason why you would ask. Now, he, he hasn't played the necessary number of games during the regular season, but uh, you, if you play a game in the final, if you're a player, uh, you do get your name in the cup. I'll, I'll do some investigating that. You, you can, you can make uh, uh, requests, though. Uh, Eddie Olchuk in 1994 did not play the requisite number of games for the New York Rangers. Mm. Uh, they uh, asked, and that's been happened a couple of different times uh, where where the league has gone through and uh, and acknowledged that and put uh, put those requests and those names on. Aha! Uh-huh. And who won money, more money at the track on uh, the other day? You or Eddie? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Come I, on! I don't know whether Eddie won at all that day. So, so to be quite you. honest, so you're saying you confidently? Well, I can tell you, I don't know if anybody won money. Okay. I would phrase it as who lost the least amount of money. Okay. And so, that would be me. Good job. I, I only lost $2. Well done. And we, we, we were betting some off-site. Uh, uh, we were betting there. And, and we had a great time, thanks to, uh, to Eddie, who took care of uh, so many of us from uh, both the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, uh, NHL Radio, TNT. It, it was tons of fun. My, the best tip I got, though, was from Keith Jones. Hmm. And that was my biggest win that day. It was fun, though. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Eddie is the horseman, of course. Uh, if it, people don't know that, I don't know that they know. Just one other thing. Yep. There's just one thing left to work on, and I don't know how you work on it. What does Coach Cassidy, if anything, say to his players when it's three to nothing or two to nothing, and we often seem to let the other team back into it? I think they've been really good at putting teams away. I, I yeah. know Winnipeg, they came back in game number three. I realize Florida, 
uh, pushed back uh, the other night. But but I think Vegas has been really good, especially in these clinching scenarios mm-hmm. of, of putting the other team away. I've always been one to say it's going to be a fight to the finish in a clinching game. The way Vegas dismissed the Jets and Dallas was impressive and shocking. Yeah, to, and kind of pulling on that same thread, I, I look at it from this perspective. I thought the Golden Knights played really well in game number four. It's a fluky goal that kind of gets the Panthers into it, but you know, absent of that, I, I don't know that if the Panthers didn't get that play that it was going to be as as helter-skelter down the stretch as it was for the Golden Knights. I think that this is a team that knows how to protect the lead. I think it's a team that when they have a team on the ropes, especially in a clinching in a clinching scenario, they get the job done, and we've seen that throughout the entirety of this postseason. Hey, uh, you were talking about names, uh, and thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll get back to the phones in just a second. Uh, names that I love seeing on the Cup are friends of mine who are part of the support staff. Mm-hmm. And I have a good buddy, Darren Granger, who I grew up with uh, in Brandon. He's the head equipment manager for the Los Angeles Kings. Whenever I see the cup, I look at Stewie's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the guys with, with the Vegas Golden Knights, whether it's uh, J-Dub or uh, Critter, mm-hmm. uh, Mirzi, uh, all those guys that, uh, that, uh, that go, Patty Mano, uh, they, that is uh, the people that put in all the extra hours. I love that. The players get the attention, but imagine those guys and the the fact that and they're nervous too mm-hmm. being this close knowing that they're going to get their names uh on on the Stanley Cup so uh that that's an extension of what we're we're looking at and we're trying to ba- I'm trying to balance anyway the difference between a game tomorrow night mm-hmm. and a lot of talk of a straight coronation sure yeah and it's not a straight coronation it feels like it uh, there's a lot of things pointing to it, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And that's where the challenge to these players is so immense. And the experience that a Martinez and a Smith and a Marcheseau and a Quick or a Barbershev, Petro, all these guys that have been through a final before, either won or lost, know how much uh, goes into it. And having been able to use that experience to channel the right framework of mind. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's the hardest thing, right? But I'm I'm ready to go jacked up for tomorrow because of all the different you know possibilities that that could happen tomorrow night. And we're not playing in the game, and that's the biggest thing is that you've got to you've got to have the ability to compartmentalize and not let your mind go too far in one direction or another. And I think that's the big challenge for the Golden Knights going into tomorrow. 15 wins is not 16. And until there's 16 wins, you you, you still have to well, kind of treat it like Bruce that. Bruce Cassie knows that better than anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely he does. And tomorrow will be 365 days on the job. <laughs> no, not bad. Not bad. The completion Pretty good of year. one full year Unreal. would be a, a clinching game. Yeah. So there's that aspect. That There's a lot of things that funnel into it being a big night. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing more that Florida wants to do to ruin a party. Sometimes ruining a party can be just as good as having a party. Uh, What they can do tomorrow night is throw a big wrench in everything. Mm -hmm. And whether Matthew plays or not, uh, they've still got a lot of good players Mm -hmm. that will come out and try to find something to, to make it work. So I... I would love it if it was just a beautiful, wonderful 
ride to the to the end sure. and you got to enjoy it. Yeah. But it's never easy. It, it My never is. My wife and I have a phrase. Mm. It's never easy. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, Rick, welcome to the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thank you, gentlemen. First of all, I just want to say thanks for uh, shepherding us through a wonderful season with the VGK. And even us old-timers learned something from you guys. And I will say, being from back east as a Philly fan, I'm cautiously optimistic because I know this team has the the desire and the talent to do it. It's just whether or not Bobrovsky stands on his head. And, Darren, remember I said that they were going to get to him, and they got to him. You think so? I think saying, it, remember I, think I said that the first two. I know. Said, no, no, he's a vent. Ben's a trophy winner. He's going to play great. Yeah. I said, watch it, and they chased him. Well, I think he's, he, he got chased in one game, but I think he's been really good in the series. Yes, anything he can see, he'll stop. You're 1,000% you're on that. Uh, so who would you compare this team to, you being a, a longer hockey fan than maybe some in the area? I, I can't even go to some of the – when I heard one of you guys say – you it was that the the sweep of the Flyers was a great time with the Blackhawks. That's I, some of those Flyers teams are really good, but it was a different brand of hockey. You know what I mean? Now, it, especially taking out the the center line. I yeah. mean that that kept the Devils from winning ten in a row. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good com- I, I, I compare. I, I don't know whether you'll agree with this or not, but I see in the Golden Knights. A lot of the New York Islanders of 81, 82, 83, in the sense of they were a close group. So many guys won all four of those cups. They kept the nucleus together. But they were all business. They had fun at the end. But they were as workmanlike of a dynasty as you're ever going to see with players that put their hip waders on and walk through mud to, to star players. And that's what... I see in the in the Vegas Golden Knights is they can grind it or they can light up the scoreboard, but their ultimate focus is on each other and winning games. It's not about all the highlights or all the hype or uh, or or making records or lighting up uh, uh, score sheets. It's just so methodical with with the Golden Knights and the, the, I I hated the New York Islanders but I respected them because of what they were able to do with their depth and, and that 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 core group and this one just it jumps out at me. Well, I was explaining to a friend about he's like why does it matter if they that these hear these guys saying they love each other, love each other, love each other. I said, "Dude, when it's the third period and there's 3 minutes left and you've already blocked four shots off that same knee and it's time to block that fifth one." If you love that guy that you're playing for, no problem whatsoever. Bam, you take that right off the knee, skate off, rub it, and come back for your next shift. That's what it does to you. Awesome uh, comparison. I love that uh, line. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. 702-876-1340. A line open right now on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Let's go back to the phone lines. And Stephanie on line four. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Great. How are you? I'm doing great. I can't wait for the game tomorrow. Um, I, I, I know everybody keeps talking about, you know, nobody can get ahead, needs to get ahead of themselves and stay focused. But like, honestly, everything that this team has shown all year, I, I have complete and utter faith that they are going to go into this game with a winning mindset. They are going to be focused. They're ready. 
Um, and I mean, I think Marshy said it best, right? We, they haven't even played their best game yet. Like they know how important this game is, and they are going to just kill it. We, we've got to know you a little bit, Stephanie, uh, over the years. We know what the Vegas Golden Knights mean to you personally. How emotional has this run been for you and being on the precipice? I mean, it, it's it's been amazing, right? It's been a couple hard years with COVID, and, and, you know, hockey was one of the few things that really gave me that sense of normalcy all through all of that. And, um, you know, it's the first time having been an, an Air Force brat, right? I grew up everywhere. Being here when the team started, it's been the first time I ever felt like I was there for the beginning of something, right? I have a... a tattoo of the alt logo and, and the flamingo on my arm right like it just it means the world to see um our team go out there and and show everyone what they're made of and how much the team means to the city you know you referenced jonathan marsh so saying that they haven't played their best game yet so if you believe they're playing their best game tomorrow night What's your expectation in terms of the game? Is it going to be, as, as Darren mentioned, is it going to be a close one, or is it going to feel like a party all night long? I have a feeling that it, it's going to be similar to game one, right? It's going to feel really close until it doesn't, and they are going to blow them out of the water, but it might be, it might be a little tense for the first period, maybe the second period. But I think that it's going to be pretty decisive by the end of the game. Only a sports fan could understand that. It's going to feel <laughs> close until it isn't and, and, or doesn't. And uh, that, that's an awesome way to phrase it. Uh, thanks, Stephanie. Appreciate it. Enjoy the game and, uh, and have some fun during game number five tomorrow night. Uh, Joe, uh, you're on the VGK Insider Show in Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Welcome. Um, super stoked for tomorrow. I just want to throw it back to... 1990, uh, I remember being five years old as a kid, uh, being born and raised out here, and the energy in the city with Tark the Shark and the Rebels when they won that, I remember saying to myself, I can't wait to have a professional sports team win a championship in Las Vegas. So uh, I'm getting chills right now. My eyes started watering after the last game, and um, I can't wait. I think I think this one's on us. I think we got it. And just, I mean, obviously it, it would mean the the world to you. And, you know, Bruce Cassidy kind of talked a little bit about the, the growing fan base. How have you seen kind of Vegas, it, not just not just accept this team, not just really go all in with this team, but also hockey? Yeah, it's insane. I mean, we had, you know, we had the Thunder. I remember going to Thunder games back uh, when I was a kid, Wranglers games. Um, but the growth of the city is just, you know, blown out you know, past the limits that I saw as a kid. And just just the way that everything happened and how the city's embraced it with what happened in uh, 2017 and everything, and it just came along at the perfect time for Las Vegas. And it's just been, it's been so awesome. And I, I you know, I'm just so happy for it. And I can't wait to see it just happen. Joe, what took you so long to uh, phone? You know, sometimes it's hard to get through to you guys, okay. man. That's all right. That's all right. I, I don't want you to be a stranger, okay? All right. Promise? Promise. Attaboy. I will call back. Thank you. There's Joe uh, on line number two. Back to the phone lines on line three. It's Jeff on the VGK Insider Show. Oh, hey, guys. How's it going? Um, born and raised, Las Vegas here. And uh, that guy beat, beat me to it, actually. I was going to bring up uh, UNLV's run with Tark. And uh, this feels very similar Uh Florida, it doesn't matter. We're, we're, it, it all depends on whether the Knights play, what level they're, they're at. And 
And uh, if they play at their their game, it's over. Uh, I think it'll be a blowout. Uh, Bobrovsky is a great goalie, but uh, just like all the other goalies we face, we've knocked down his uh, save percentage a few a few percentage points throughout throughout the series with us. So uh, maybe I, I'm being overconfident. I don't know, but uh, feels good. And uh, I love you guys. You guys do a great job, and I love listening to your, to the radio play by play. Uh, anyway, go Knights, and just enjoy it because uh, it's going to happen, and we're going to celebrate tomorrow. Thanks, Jeff. Take care. Uh, let's get back to it. Uh, Mark, uh, you're on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas on line number three. Hey, Darren. Hey, Ryan. How are you doing today? We're doing great. great. Hey, uh, Ryan, you may remember a caller uh, frequently from – Back east, like the guy from Philly, except I'm from Boston, old enough to remember the Bobby Orr, Rick Middleton, Terry O'Reilly, Ray Bork days. And I'm going to make a cross-sport reference. Uh, we've heard a lot about it hurts to win, which I think has been kind of the theme for this playoff run for the VGK. And back in 04, the Red Sox, who finally broke the curse of the Bambino, had the why not us theme because they loved one another so much and fought in the face of adversity of the first New York Yankees, and then the St. Louis Cardinals, when they went on to take the World Series title, who, by the way, sat for a long time waiting for the Red Sox to wrap up their seven-game ALCS championship against the Yankees. Somewhat similarity here, but I definitely see, like you said, Darren, workmanlike effort similar to the 80s Islanders with uh, Bossy and Trottier. Uh, these guys definitely go out. They've bought into Cassidy's approach, his whole methodology, which I'm not quite sure why the Bruins let him go, but I'm thankful that, thankful that they did. And what I'd like to see them brought tonight, or excuse me, tomorrow night, is a, a whole lot of jump. And I think what concerned me about game number four, especially in that third period, and I get it, it's the end of the playoffs, but there was a little bit too much cushion that they were allowing through the neutral zone, letting uh, and Lendell wind up and get you know get their wheels going through the neutral zone. So, like to see uh, a little bit less of that. Love to see Jack Eichel score, and would love to see him raise the cup. And I can only hope Connor McDavid's watching. <laughs> oh, just save it for the very end and drop it. Uh, you 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 mentioned uh, Trache and Bossy. Uh, I'll throw in Gillies and Nystrom and Bourne and. Tonelli, those guys were workmanlike uh, on that uh, supporting cast on that New York Islanders squad. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, well done. Uh, that's awesome stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's go. To, is it Rob or Mary next? Rob. Uh, Rob, you're on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hey, guys. Hey there. You know, you know what's great about tomorrow, too, is if things go the way I think they were. It's life-changing for fans and players. I mean, the fans, you know, some of them have maybe never seen a championship team win it all. And let's be honest, it's hard to do. You may never see it again. I hope, you know, we do. And for the players, I mean, look all these players that validation. I mean, just the original six are going to be, I mean, they did what they was, you know, they, they were outcasts and they were going to raise the Stanley Cup. Jack Eichel, let's face it, we traded a popular Golden Knight in Alex Tuck. You bring in a stranger in the sense. Nobody knew a lot about him. He played in Buffalo. And here he is, uh, validated like the last caller said. You know, they always compare him with Connor McDavid. Well, hopefully he's holding a Stanley Cup. 
Aiden Hill's life is going to change. You talk about financially, I mean, I think he's going to get a really big pay raise. And, I mean, here's a guy, journeyman goaltender, and now all of a sudden he's a star, and even Bruce from Summerlin. <laughs> I mean, this guy gets fired from Boston. You don't think he wants to kind of stick it to them and say, oh, yeah, maybe you made the wrong move. I mean, it's just great that all this is going down in one night if things go the way I think it will go. And I think it's going to be like a 6-2 win for the Golden. I see a game two scenario that they got a, they got a wounded animal in Florida, and I think they're just going to put it, put, it to, put it to bed. They know it's there. Their families are there. Their friends are there. And this is a, a once-in-a-lifetime deal of closing out at home. And I don't think they're going to let it slip away. Well, sometimes wounded animals can be the most dangerous animals. Uh, and I love what you said about uh, Bruce. A year ago at this time, he was out of work. Now, he's only out of work eight days. Sure. But yeah. you can actually say yeah. a year ago at this time, uh, he was out of work. Uh, appreciate it, uh, Rob. Back to the phone lines, finishing it off. Uh, Mary, you are on the VGK Insider Show. Where is your emotional meter at right now? I can't breathe. <laughs> That's not a good place to be. <laughs> I could finally breathe a little after the other night. That was pretty tough. My 90-year-old mother-in-law who lives in Chicago watched the game, and she called me and said, I was screaming at the TV. <laughs> so a lot of emotion. Um, I was, I'm a first-time caller, but I've had season tickets since the beginning, had to give them up for health reasons, but haven't missed a game on TV. I was calling about the names on the Stanley Cup. I've been trying to call for about a week. I wondered how you get your name on it. Someone brought it up earlier, so I did Google it for you. Mm -hmm. uh, it says you have to play 41 games. Right. During the regular the, season. The regular season or at least one game in the Stanley Cup. Right. Now, it says the backup goalie, if is dressed for a game, is allowed to have his name on. In the final? Okay, good. That's uh, it. And backup goaltenders count for games played during the regular season as well. Uh, Twenty-five games, I believe, is if you dress as a backup goaltender, you'll get your name on the cup. So that makes sense that it would be uh, uh, in a Stanley Cup final if you dress. So uh, that's great to to hear from uh, Jonathan Quick. He would qualify for uh, a third time to get his name on on the cup. Uh, is that what really what your nine-year-old mother-in-law sounds like, though? Maybe not, but she's a wonderful woman. <laughs> I love That's it. What's amazing. her name? Her name's Betty. Betty. Uh, yes. Mary, don't yes. uh, don't be a stranger, please. Can I ask one more thing? Absolutely. Who do you think is going to win the Conn Smythe? I think it's down to two players, but it's open for three others. It, if you have a good big... <laughs> no, it's, 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 no it's, it's wide open here. If, if Chandler mm. Stevenson scores two more goals mm -hmm. and they're big goals... Yep. Yeah, uh, in, in a crucial time, he's he's right in the mix. If Mark Stone goes out and puts up a hat trick, he's he 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 will win it. Uh, William Carlson is right there if he if he has a two goal game. But mm -hmm. right now, I think it's down to Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marchessault, and it's whichever story you like: the guy coming from Buffalo, second overall, playing in his first playoff, next surgery, or the original misfit. I, I was asked this question earlier. I said selfishly, Aiden Hill, um, rationally. Um, I, I think it's Jonathan Marsh is supposed to lose. And then from a storyline perspective, the, the greatest storyline that you could write is Jack Eichel winning the Conn Smythe. Mm, 
but Marcy deserves it more than anybody. And Aiden Hill is still 27. He's got plenty of time. Yeah, see, you, you can spin it any way you want, Mary. I, I love uh, hearing it. Uh, but it could come down to whoever has the best night in a clinching yep. game. Uh, yep. Thanks for the call. Well, we got to fly. Uh, we've got John Shannon on hold. Uh, he's going to come up in just a second and give us uh, the insight from 30,000 feet as the Vegas Golden Knights uh, are a night away from watching the Stanley Cup being brought in the building, knowing that if they win, they win the championships. The VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. He got snubbed. His fancy intro, not playing. Jared Justice got something against John Shannon as we bring him into the uh, VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. I, I don't know what happened between you guys. Chapman's not here. Justice running the board, and he obviously has a beef with you by not playing your opening. Well, you know, uh, I, I think everybody's a little on edge based on tomorrow night. You know, this is uh, you know, there's only been two game fives in the history of the Stanley Cup final in Vegas, and it's been given out one of the times. You have to wonder how it's going to be given out a second time. Where are you in looking at the potential for tomorrow night and Florida trying to stay alive? Well, uh, my gut says, and I think I predicted the Knights to win in five. My gut says I'm not going to change. But I don't know how you, and, and we all know how banged up the Panthers are. I mean, it's not just Matthew Kachuk. Radko Gudis, uh, Barkov's banged up, uh, you know, Montour's banged up. They have, uh, they have really paid the price for this long two-month journey they've been on. Um, but at the same time, I don't think you can discount a team that was down 3-1 to the Boston Bruins and came back and won because that's their, their, they have great heart. So that, that to me is, it should be a Vegas Golden Knight victory, but the moment you think that uh, it's going to be given, this uh, this Cats team can snatch it away from you. Yeah, I, you know they've they've had some magic, right? They, they've had those moments. Specifically, you you kind of talked about it. Round one against the Boston Bruins, down three one, they come back, win that series. And I, I guess that's the big question: is is for the Golden Knights? You you have a lot that that's kind of running through your head right now, going into game number five, knowing what's at stake. What's what are the Golden Knights going to have to be mindful of to not allow the opportunity to be there for the Florida Panthers to get themselves uh, to a game six in Florida? I think they probably just have to remind themselves a little bit of what happened in the third period in Game Four. Mm-hmm. You know, they you know make sure that if if they start bleeding, how to stop the bleeding? You know, that was pretty darn close on on the last game, too close for comfort uh, almost. Uh, but when you consider they and, and and all it you know what? How did it start, Ryan? It started with a lucky break. Yeah. It it started with bounces off two two Golden Knights players and then past Aiden Hill, and you never know what's going to happen after that. And and so that's that's the one thing I would I would surmise that that Bruce Cassidy's trying to remind them of is we have them down. Please don't take 
anything for granted. And that's the that's the magic of having former Stanley Cup champions on your roster, guys who have been through a lot of this, like Alec Martinez and Alex Petrangelo. Those two guys are going to carry a lot of weight if somebody's going to stand up and make a speech tomorrow in the dressing room. John Shannon chatting with us in the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. I compared the Golden Knights to the Islanders dynasty in the, in the early 80s because it's so deep and it's so strong and the leadership is great. I mean, uh, along with the Traches and the and the uh, Bosses, there was uh, Ken Morrow, there was uh, Gord Lane or Clark Gillies, uh, John Talley, uh, those type, Bob Bourne, those types of uh, players. Am, am I off the mark on that? Well, you know what? And that I team, that team by the way, that team won four straight Stanley Cups with four different Conn Smythe Trophy winners. And this team yeah. has, well, no. has potential of no, no, that, five no, guys that in part, it. That part you might be right with. But but the Islanders, you know, I mean, not, not to nitpick, but the Islanders paid a heavy price long before they won their first Stanley Cup. You know, they were they were the they were supposed to win cups in 78 and 79, too, and got disposed by the Maple Leafs and the Rangers far too quickly. The, the Islanders learned how to lose first before they learned how to win. Uh, this Vegas team, uh, the, the history has to be written a little bit differently simply because of what they went through last year with all the injuries, and now they've come they've come back to, to something that I, I think is, is quite... I think it's quite amazing. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, Darren. There is a comparable in the NHL to what we're seeing with the Golden Knights. You know, I, I, I if like you, you mentioned Conn Smythe. If if you this this may be a team that doesn't have an MVP, and I say that w- w- only as a compliment. I mean. It, 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 you could name four guys right now that could win the Conn Smythe tomorrow night if they win, or Conn Smythe on, you know, on Game Six or on Game Seven, um, and and nobody would argue with you. Yeah, whoever has the you best know, game it, in a clinching night. Well, and, and you know, Aiden Hill has another save with two seconds to go in Game Five, like he did in Game Four. Now the votes are in by then, mm-hmm. uh, but you have to think that Aiden Hill has a has a a, a really good chance. You know, as I've said, uh, I said last week, more than fifty percent of the vote for the uh, for the playoff MVP is done of what you've done in the Stanley Cup Final, and and this is victory by committee, more so than any other time, uh, I think, in the uh, in, in the playoffs. Uh, there were times in in the Winnipeg series that it was Jack Eichel's party, and in the Edmonton series, Eichel and Marcia Soul, and and. Uh, and and Stone, and then in the Dallas series, you know, I mean, there's two more guys that that did their 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 dealings, but then in the end, in, in the end, it was I still remember. I think it was Game Five. You can remind me, but it was you know, Kolasar and Carrier and and and, and Amadio having goals, and you're going, wow, this this team is. This team is like no other I've seen in a long, long time in the National Hockey League. And Zach Whitecloud knocked out Josh Morrissey in the Winnipeg series, and Keegan Colasar put Matthew Kachuk in danger of not playing in Game 5 in this series. Matthew Kachuk will play Game 5. 
I, I, I don't have I don't have any inside knowledge. I'm two thousand miles away, but <laughs> I will tell you right now, Matthew Kachuk will dress and skate for the Florida Panthers in Game Five. I, it, that to me would be an unbelievable story if he couldn't play. I'm I'm along the same lines as you. I I'm fully expecting Matthew Kachuk to be in the lineup tomorrow night for the Florida Panthers. But you know, you you kind of mentioned and. It, and Darren brought the question up that there's really not a comparable for the Golden Knights. And then you start to look at kind of all the all the moves, all the trades that have been made up until this point for Vegas that's gotten them to this point. Is is there a trade to you that stands out, maybe beyond Mark Stone, right? Because I, I think that's the, the biggest one in my estimation. But maybe an under-the-radar trade that has the Golden Knights one win away from the Stanley Cup. Well, I think one of the most current ones, I think the Barbashev trade has to be rated uh, as one of the most successful. Mm-hmm. When, when you think about what Ivan Barbashev has brought, and I should have mentioned him as a guy who could stand up and make a speech tomorrow, too. But, you know, he he has proved to be that, and, and I say this respectfully, the second-tier winger that uh, is what every championship team needs. They need depth and they need versatility. Well, that's exactly what Ivan Barbashev has become. You know, he, he's got offensive skill. He's learned how to play a, a game in all three zones and has become tremendously valuable to the Golden Knights in their path to the Stanley Cup final. And they've been put together by trade, by drafting, well, yeah. uh, like the expansion draft. Uh, by free agency, Alex Petrangelo, uh, along that uh, path. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's Kelly McCrimmon's team or George McPhee's team. They've crafty with the cap, let's face it. Mm-hmm. They've done a good job with the cap. Um, and there's been a learning curve for Kelly and George, I think, uh, along the way about how to manage the cap and, and, and scenarios. Um, but, you know, what they have done you know, there's a famous line, uh, Darren, I think it was before you moved to Toronto, where Cliff Fletcher was the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Somebody said, what about the draft? And he said, draft, smash. Uh, which meant to say, I, you know, I, I, can, I can build a team through trades. I can do it through free agency. Um, and with, you know, the, the, the currency that our draft picks, you know, have been wisely used by the Golden Knights to build this team. You know, they, how many draft picks did they have after that first year? They had, they had too many. Uh, and then they were able to, you know, transfer that those, those draft picks to players that have made a difference. I, I think there is, correct me if I'm wrong, Alan, I think there's one drafted Golden Knight player on the roster, right? Yep, Nick Hague. Mm-hmm. Nick Hague. Um, and, and, so, and so to be able to use all that currency and create a roster with this type of depth, um, I think is is something that it's going to be a lot of teams that are going to look at it and say, you know, copycat. Why can't we do what they do? Let's use them all, all our draft picks. Teams that have one or two or three first round picks or high picks in the first three rounds of the draft, saying, can we use these picks to get players that can help us right now and build on that? Now, the one thing that becomes a problem is is that when you trade picks for players. You have to find a way to manage the money situation in the National Hockey League right now. And with the cap only going up a million dollars this year, that's going to be difficult. 
Wonderful time. Uh, anticipation growing. Uh, I loved I yeah. loved my Cliff Fletcher. Uh, he, was, he was awesome. Cliff Fletcher's daughter introduced me to uh, my wife. I don't know whether you knew that story. Good, good, you know, good I, people. I, I used to go over to the Fletcher's house, yeah. and uh, I think it was 9-year-old Chuck and 11-year-old Christian. <laughs> and, and now Chuck in the National Hockey League, a couple of jobs as a general manager. Hey, John, yeah. uh, we got to fly. Uh, say hi to George. Hey, George, good luck tomorrow night. We're coming back. I don't say it. I won't say it. I won't say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm going to say something, but I won't say it, though. Hour two is next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. He's John Shannon on the VGK Insider Show. Eichel spins off a sandwich and down towards the goal. Barbashev, he scores! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Harley down through the circle. He's going to again. To the right of shot. Oh, and a stop by Hill with the glove. Robertson at the right dot. The lefty tried to go top right corner. Hill flashes his mitt for the big save. From the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. All right, six down, drop the puck. It's potentially one more game in the Stanley Cup playoff season. The Golden Knights up three games to one against the Florida Panthers. Can wrap it up with a victory tomorrow night at T-Mobile Arena. Darren Millard, uh, Ryan Wallace here in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio along with Jared Justice. I want to tell you that there's a lot going on ahead of tomorrow's 5 o'clock start at T-Mobile. Get there early. And I'm talking... A couple of hours early. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, some activations, the tattoos, all that. There's going to be a flyover at about 3.30-ish. Four jets. Four jets. Has somebody pointed out to me today? Hmm. Florida had the flyover. Yep. They had two jets. Oh, uh, well. Everything's bigger in Vegas. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Ioki's going to be there uh, spinning some tunes uh, with, the, with the big party, and he's awesome. Uh, love uh, love that uh, that guy. And and then you've got uh, the inside, the anticipation uh, of what's going to uh, occur on the ice. I'm going to give you four words, four emotions. Okay. Anxious, nervous, excited, or calm. If you have to pick just one, Jared, anxious, nervous, excited, or calm? Well, so anxious is my, like, baseline. So, yeah, that's my, like, that's my normal. I'm normally at a Chandler Bing level of anxiousness. (laughs) I love Chandler. um, I can't help it. It's a compulsion. Yeah, it's uh, it's a problem. I make jokes because I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, But... I think yeah, there's there's a there's a steady like anxiety that is just sort of at the back of my throat. But so it's so, it's so, it's so, so calm, calm. We'll go with calm. You you think <clears throat> calm? For me, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Wallace? Anxious, uh, excited, nervous, or calm? Um, I'm more excited. I think um, I, I want the game to get going. I I can't wait for it. So maybe anxious in that regard. But I, I think more than anything. I'm excited at uh, what what could potentially happen tomorrow. There's no doubt. I, I'm full. All chips in on anxious. Really? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, there's there's <laughs> nothing like it. And again, I've I've been to a bunch of these, probably twelve finals uh, over the years, mm. uh, where I've been in the rink uh, or on the ice watching the Stanley Cup be presented, 
and it's always been as a neutral observer. I'm not neutral in in this regard. Mm. And there's uh, a, a cheering for people that I've uh, known for a long time that have the possibility to to do this. There's uh, friends uh, or acquaintances uh, in the last couple of years who have uh, got to know, and that part is uh, uh, wells it up. And then you've got the just being on 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 the team side. It's it's different than anything I've ever been through. So anxious and nervous, excited, but there's no room for calm. Really? In, in my stratosphere. Nothing. Nothing close to calm does not exist in my life right now. That's yeah. I, I I'm probably um I'm certainly excited, but but uh Calm would be the second emotion. But I don't I think, think there's there. a calm person outside of you, then, and yeah. and yeah. Justice well, <laughs> in in the Greater Las Vegas Valley. Yeah, like, there's mean, there's nobody I've met today has been anywhere close to calm. Well, I mean, there's you know, again, I I I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I picked Vegas in five. There's a reason why I feel that way. I believe they're the better team, and I know it's not done until it's done. But the fact of the matter is, I'm excited because I believe it's going to happen. And it's not even about the result that has me anxious. Yeah. It's about the possibility of the accomplishment. Mm-hmm. That is is what fuels all of my emotion. The the game itself is a game and you're not facing elimination of any kind. Mm-hmm. So you know you're going to get a, a, another chance. It's strictly the possibility of a presentation mm-hmm. that that could take place. That's where all of my anxiousness comes from. <laughs> so it's funny because you've talked about being to multiple finals. Yeah. And you you this is a new experience for you because there's there's an there's an interest, right? Like you you are I have part, skin in this game. Yeah, hundred percent. I've never been to a Stanley Cup final where I was a, a an impartial observer, where I haven't had, quote, skin in the game. And the fact of the matter is, this time around, this opportunity, it's a lot better than the alternative year one. You're right. So but- I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good going to going to the rink tomorrow, knowing that if it works out well, the Golden Knights are going to have a big celebration. See, and that just raises my anxious level even more. <laughs> you got to lean into Be- because the good uh, because feeling, of buddy. Come on. The, no, 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 it's not it's not about being nervous. It's about winning it all. Mm-hmm. That's where the anxiousness comes from. Mm-hmm. It's about the story that this this group has has written. It's it's about Friends and acquaintances in and around the organization, uh, both players, management, uh, and staff. And it's just the the unlikeliness of this happening in this city ten years ago mm-hmm. to now, but then being on this side of it, uh, my side of it, uh, work, working for the team is just it's a strange, foreign feeling to me. Yes, Jared. Do- so neither of you guys do the thing where you just assume the worst. I always do. Okay, because I'm. That's where I'm but getting again, my calmness re- from. Is but the from result, like- the result doesn't. It, it's inconsequential to me because if they would happen to watch the result go the other way, well, you get another chance in Game Six. You get another yeah. chance in Game in Game Seven. It's strictly about. I, I my anxiousness will go up after. The final buzzer, if it's successful tomorrow night, knowing that something historic is about to happen, and I'm even from an arm's length associated with that. 
that that's where it You're comes from. You're the emergency from. backup goalie. No, I no, no, it. no. I mean working for the, for the, for the team. <laughs> but here's why. I want to tell you guys why this, we can actually say the Stanley Cup will be in the house mm-hmm. tomorrow night. Because 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have sat here and said, the Stanley Cup will be in the house tomorrow night when the Chicago Blackhawks were on the verge of winning the Cup Mm -hmm. against the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2015. Mm -hmm. That was the night that John Shannon and I were at the United Center, and there was an epic biblical rainstorm in Chicago, to the point that the United Center roof was leaking in one section, and they had to get some buckets and clean it up, and like it was biblical, that rainstorm. Yeah. There was a philosophy within and around the National Hockey League, teams, mostly from teams, or a tradition, superstition, where the team that could clinch didn't want the cup in the building until the last moment Mm -hmm. because they didn't want to jinx it, their superstition. So the cup was never there at the start of the game. It arrived at some point during... A clinching game. Well, in 2015, in June, during that epic downpour, Mm -hmm. the Stanley Cup and its handlers got stuck in traffic. They could not get to the United Center. And as it started to get along, the game started to go along, and Chicago was in control, they started to get worried. Texts were exchanged. I got a text 10 minutes before the end of the game. The Stanley Cup may not make it <laughs> from a buddy of mine. <laughs> I'm like, whatever, Jack. Mm-hmm. His name's Jack. Uh, and like, what? then they go through the celebration. The game ends. Stanley Cup was not there in the rink, stuck in traffic. And it, like it was so soggy and flooding everywhere. <laughs> they, they couldn't even get the police escort, which eventually they did. The Chicago Blackhawks celebrated. They went through the handshakes and then celebrated some more. It got to the point where Jonathan Taves went up to an official and said, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And the answer back was, the cup's not here. (laughs) And it went on, I want to say, 30 minutes. And this is at, in Chicago. The crowd's like going bananas for the uh, for the presentation. It eventually arrives. They run it out there. It's all good. There's part didn't dampen the party. Trust mm. me on that. Oh, well done. But after that night, <clears throat> it became a rule. Now mm-hmm. the Stanley Cup is uh, patrolled, owned, not owned. Nobody really owns it but it's uh, occupied by the Hockey Hall of Fame. They they get it around to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Pritchard is the guy that brings it out uh, on presentation night. Mike Bolt, who you, you talked to, uh, uh, he, he handles a lot of the tours through the summer. But they sort of had guardianship of the Stanley Cup. The National Hockey League stepped in after 2015 and said, you guys may control the whereabouts of it, but on clinching nights... It's in the building before the game. Mm-hmm. 
and it has been every time since. And that's why tomorrow night it will not spend the first two periods in a hotel room on the Strip and then drive over mm-hmm. and arrive mm-hmm. for that great arrival shot on TV. It will be in the building a couple of hours before the game. Uh, they did the handoff today in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Mike Bolt gave it to Phil Pritchard at the airport in Toronto. Phil Pritchard checked it in uh, to the airline, and it arrived in Vegas this afternoon, and it will be in the building tomorrow night. See? Reasons to be calm. Yeah. So at least that part. Yeah. Can you, but can you imagine the players all celebrating what's going on? Yeah. Uh, that'd be rough. Someone pulled an yeah. Ocean Eleven on the Stanley Cup. Yeah. <laughs> and they, and, and they, couldn't, they couldn't even hand out the Conn Smythe because it was with the Stanley Cup. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they couldn't even like get one out and then do the uh, the official presentation. So that's kind of a cool story about yeah. Oh, yeah. superstition almost messing up the Stanley Cup presentation. Yeah, I feel like, you know, sometimes you just have to be a little less superstitious in life. So this is uh this is a prime example of of the reason to do that. But without that, yeah. it would spend the first two periods well, more night on at a hotel on the Strip? I mean, I would argue that if you were going to do it that way, Vegas would be the ideal location to do yes. it. There's, there's quite, there's less, there, there are less obstacles that could potentially get in the way. And you're very close. Very, very close to the arena. I mean, you also tell a local, this is the Stanley Cup. All of a sudden, you've got a, you've got a fullback in front of you clearing the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's true. That makes sense in every facet, except when it comes to the Stanley Cup. Because when you tell people... Oh, they're through... going to want to take Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I talked to Bolt about this on the, on the Sherp today. Because mm-hmm. I've been with him when he's checked in for a flight with the Stanley Cup. And he'll say, uh, they'll say, what's in the case? And they'll say, well, it's the Stanley Cup. He, so this, we want to see it. So he brings it out. And it is moths to a light. Mm-hmm. People just flock to that thing. It's it's amazing. So you tell somebody you've got the Stanley Cup, it's slowing you down. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. It's it's one of the the few things where you could like, get muscle and everything, and but then they stop they and the they're stop. They, 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 they stop yeah. and then they're in awe of the trophy because that's what it is. The police escort yeah. guys on on the phone to his family going, "You know what I'm doing? I'm giving the uh, Stanley Cup a uh, police escort. You taking a selfie? Uh, we have uh, some reaction from." Bruce Cassidy today, his uh, media conference ahead of game number five. Uh, a lot of talk in the two days between game four and five was about taking time to talk about it, allowing yourself the opportunity to talk about the potential. Mm-hmm. Don't be scared. Don't run away from it. Uh, almost prepare for success. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge it. But when it comes time for the game, be ready. Uh, we start things off with Bruce Cassidy at City National Arena. Las Vegas Journal. Afternoon, Bruce. It gave the guys a day off yesterday. I guess just what was the focus and kind of mood like when they came back to the ring today? It's good. It's a long travel day. You're adjusting to times again, right? You seem to just get yourself acclimated to the East Coast time and you're back here. So uh, even today, I think there's a little bit of that going on. So we had a light skate. Got some touches in, get the heart rate up. Um, themselves ready for tomorrow. So guys were in good. They're Obviously, in good spirits. Uh, why wouldn't they be? You know, stay on the left side, second row. 
neighbors, Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun. Uh, you kind of touched on it yesterday. A couple of guys touched on it today about just the emotion of going into tomorrow in that environment, what it might be like. Just, I guess, how do you kind of balance the emotion of what that environment will be like tomorrow and try to deliver what would need to be their best hockey game for the year tomorrow? Well, that's a good question, how you, you balance that, because I think, I mean, I've heard a few of the players say it. We're, we're aware of what's at stake and how big a game this is for guys as individuals, but the organization, the city, all those things. And But it's what we play for, so we're, we're ready for it. Um, we've just played Florida four times, so we have a feel for – I mean, they're going to – every team changes a little thing. They don't change your whole game. We know – uh, what we're up against and how we need to play to win. So I think that part, once the puck drops, is, is fine. As long as you can get there to the puck drop where you know, your mind is where it's supposed to be and not on all the, the other things that go along with it, right? So and that's, sometimes that's maturity. And I, I like that about our group. They've been there. They Some of them missed once. A number of them have gotten it. And there's a small group of guys, it's their first time. So the first time, guys, I'd be a little more... They may be a little more anxious or nervous, um, so we'll have to make sure we're, we're communicating with them or getting to them to make sure they're in a good place. But that's what the older guys in the room have done all year. For these, uh, you can't replicate this circumstance, but you know other circumstances like it. So I think, uh, like I said, we'll be in a good place. On the right side here, standing up. Hi, Bruce. Jean-François Chaumont from Journal de Montréal. When you took that job one year ago, you knew that Jonathan Marchessault was a real good hockey player, but. What are the things that you are not aware that makes him a special player? Well, I looked at it as a guy who could score goals and make plays, but you don't see the um, little spitfire in him, so to speak, right? Uh, I mean, I know he he certainly earned his way up. I When I was coaching in the minors, he was playing on certain teams, so it wasn't automatic for him. He has a good year, and then he gets picked up, so there's a little bit of that. Might be a chip on his shoulder, too, type of thing, but... So you don't know those inner workings of the player other than what he does on the ice. So I see a guy who, tell you what I learned about him, he's here every day with his kids. He's a good hockey dad. He's coaching his kids. He's working with them every day. They're running around the locker room, so that's great to see. Um, a very, very competitive guy. And every drill, he's got to win in practice. And if he does, you hear about it. So uh, there's always guys like that in the room that bring up the energy level. So those are the things I wouldn't have known about him. Um, and it's good for our room. He's, he's great for our room. Um, there's a lot of back and forth when he's involved in anything in practice and he can elevate the, our practice level days that there isn't energy so you need a few of those guys as well Front row right side Hi Bruce Ian from Sportsnet uh, at this point of the final uh, is it as impressive to you how Aiden Hill is handling things mentally as he is physically playing Yeah I, I think I'd put him in that question from Danny about different guys are, are different places in their careers and um, have had a, exposure to this type of um, playoff hockey and he's one of those guys that we've got to keep an eye on to make sure you know that hasn't had it yet he's playing great so I mean what do you say to him right you want to just to you know keep going so I think it is and I think it is for goalies in general it's just a position you play where there's a lot of mental challenges spotlights on you, both good and bad. Um, so it'll be a challenge for him. But he's handled all those things up to this point. So I, I think he'll be fine. He, he, good thing he's got Jonathan Quick right there to go to who's been through it all. So I think that'll, that helps him as well. Um, Sean and him have a great relationship. Um, so if anything's, I think if there's anything is there, he'd, 
certainly reach out to those guys and hopefully that help him. But I, I don't think there is. I think he's fine. He's just got that personality. Right side, third row. Hi, Bruce. Jesse Granger at The Athletic. We've talked to the players a lot about what this feeling's like playing one win away from the cup and the excitement and the energy level, the emotion you have to deal with. Does it feel any different for you these, these couple days and going into this game? Is there any added nervousness or anything? I don't, I, I don't get nervous a lot. It's more anxious. Like, we want to get playing. We want to see where we're at. Like, what's, what's going to happen? You know, or as a coach, you've spent a lot of time preparing, but you don't play. So, I mean, you could do nothing and the guys can go out there and play great and you can prepare every little detail and it does, you know, and they don't play well. And you know what I mean? So that's the anxious part for me. Um, but I'm going by the recent history, and they, I think we've played well every game. Um, pockets of the game where they've certainly been better than us, but I feel overall our game is in a good place. So I feel good about it. Um, if our game wasn't in a good place, I'd probably have knots in my stomach wondering what's going to happen. But I like where it's at, and as a coach, you know, that usually which, which calms you down. Uh, if The unexpected will always bother you, but I have a, you know, I just feel like we're going to go out and play well tomorrow. Will it be good enough? I don't know. We'll find out tomorrow. I don't know what Florida's going to bring, but I I think we'll be on our game. Um, And uh, like I said, I just want to get going. Take a few more questions. Left side, third row. Hi, Bruce. Luke Fox, Sportsnet. Uh, Just wondering what you think makes uh, the Vegas hockey fan base so unique and if there was, there's been an interaction or a moment that you've had this year that really kind of drilled home the connection between the team and the city? Uh, I don't know if there's a defining moment. I, I'm in this rink a lot in the, in the, we're in, out in Henderson because my kids play, so I've interacted a lot. So I don't know if there'd be a defining moment. Um, they're very passionate, just like when I came from Boston, I was in a lot of rinks. So I see a very passionate fan base early on. Uh, so there hasn't been a team here that long, so they've gotten behind their team quickly. Some of that has to do, I think, with the first year's success they had. So um, they love the sport. The parents and the kids are in it. Um, interaction might be more with older guys that are in beer league tournaments here. I've seen that. Might, you know what I mean? Guy I played with in Italy, you know, different things like that. But to me, the fan base is behind the team 100%. They're very positive. You know, they're, they haven't been jaded from negative experiences. I think it's been mostly positive. I think that helps with interaction, especially as a coach. Um, so yeah, that's what I think with our fan base. You saw it here today. They're behind their team. They, they, they want good things to happen for their team. Vegas born. Uh, I think that means a lot to, to this group, but basically the first professional franchise. So uh, that's what I've learned about this group. And then I said it, and I saw something the other day. I think Nate said there were 60, how many thousands of license plates. When I first got here, all the li- Vegas license plates, I was shocked by how many there are driving around. Usually they're specialty plates. You might see one every five miles, but they're everywhere. So it tells me the fans are behind their team. It's just a little thing, but that's what I noticed when I first got here. But, um, yeah. Two more questions, left side, second row. Ryan Clark, ESPN. Bruce, we've talked to players about being in this position to clinch, but you know what it's like to be on the other end of this where you're trying to keep your season going in a cup final. Like, have you been able to draw from that experience going into tomorrow, knowing how desperate Florida is going to be to try to keep this thing going? Yeah. I don't try to get in the heads of Florida and relate that to our players. I honestly don't. I mean, they've been on both sides of it too, right? So they know the, the, the desperate levels and because I can't predict how Florida is going to play. I can, I can, 
watch how they adjusted a little bit in the third period and opened up some ice for themselves. So we talked about that a lot this morning and will again tomorrow, how we can shut some of that down. So that's more the messaging I have I, I, and where our heads are at. Um, you know, as the game goes on, yes, I have a feeling how, you know, how they're going to respond and, and then we'll use that accordingly. But I don't want to sort of talk about a, an unknown yet. Um, we'll talk about the knowns, what we have to do and where our heads are at, if that makes any sense. Does it make sense? There's Bruce Cassidy this morning at City National Arena. Ahead of Game 5 tomorrow, mm-hmm. I haven't watched this team practice and go through uh, not uh, a, a extensive skate today. They did some power play time, some special teams work, mm-hmm. uh, got things going after the travel day yesterday. Yeah, I for me, I you know, the, the idea that... Uh, you know, understanding what's at stake tomorrow, understanding what it would mean, all of that stuff, compartmentalizing it. Uh, my my takeaway from Bruce Cassidy is, you know, whether or not you're nervous, whether or not you're anxious, all that kind of stuff. The the understanding of of the simple fact that this team's playing well, and maybe you feel differently going into the game tomorrow if you know you're not playing as well as the Golden Knights have been playing. But they've been very good in this series. They've been very good throughout the entirety of the playoffs. I've really liked their game in the Stanley Cup final. And I think that that's kind of leading to to my sense of of excited optimism going into tomorrow night. You've got uh, Riley Smith, Jonathan Marcheseau, William Carlson, William Carrier, uh, Braden McNabb, Shea Theodore. I wonder what their emotional meter is doing right now, having <laughs> been through this from the start. Zach Whitecloud was late addition, didn't play in the playoffs that year, but was around the team. I wonder if it's any different for them. I mean, I I would imagine that it is, right? I mean, obviously you you have the the familiarity of game five at home Stanley Cup final, only the shoes on the other foot this time, right? So there's there's gotta be a sense of of knowing what happened initially, what happened on your home ice and now you've got the chance to kind of rewrite that history and you've got the chance to to find a way to to make that memory one that lasts forever on your home ice for your fans so uh, i would imagine that the sensation that the feeling would be um a little bit different going into this one but um yeah absolutely i i think that it's a little bit different so they've been there before a stanley cup final mm-hmm Two of the most important pieces with this team are going through this for the first time. Mark Stone and Jack Eichel. Yeah. So much experience included in this group. It's sometimes easy to forget that Stone hasn't been here before. Eichel, we talked about knowing that it was his first down like a playoff. But these two guys have to manage emotions big time. Oh, for sure. And you know what? I, I think that, you know, in the case of Mark Stone, like we we kind of maybe take that for granted because he's been such a great playoff performer throughout his entire career. Uh, he's done some phenomenal stuff here with the Vegas Golden Knights. And um, yeah, I mean, you're this is as close as he's ever been. It's the, first the anticipation time he, of a been, guy that's a massive sports fan and a even bigger hockey fan. I mean, all he wants to do is win, right? And that's the big thing. And, and we know how much that means to Mark Stone. And as far as Jack Eichel goes, I, I, I can't imagine that Jack figured his first run in the postseason would take him to one win of a Stanley Cup. 
And it's what you play for. It's what you grow up dreaming of. And it's right there in front of you. I, I can only imagine what the mind is doing in this moment for both of those guys. When we come back, it's one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League and beyond the NHL. A story making its rounds concerning Jack Eichel. I'm going to set the record straight on this. Okay. And then Mark Stone. And if you believe in good omens, I'll bring you a conversation that I had with a captain uh, earlier today about a conversation that points everybody in the right direction. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for one-timers. one-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Everybody was on the ice, accounted for during today's practice for the Vegas School of the Knights. Not the case as the Florida Panthers went through their workout at T-Mobile Arena. Matthew Kachuk, the leading point producer, tied right now in the Stanley Cup playoffs, not on the ice. Uh, He took the big hit in uh, game three of this series, was uh, limited in his minutes in game number four, looked uh, like he was in a lot of pain, not able to get a lot of shots off. Uh, Didn't take a single shot in warm-up during game number four. So that tells you everything you need to know. And we don't know whether he'll be able to go tomorrow night in the stay alive, win or you're done uh, game in the Stanley Cup final for the Florida Panthers. Uh, Panthers say we'll find out tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, I I tend to believe that Matthew Kachuk will play. And, and I, again, as, as kind of John Shannon pointed out earlier, I don't have any inside knowledge on that. I just can't imagine a scenario where Matthew Kachuk is out of the lineup in a do-or-die game for the Florida Panthers. I just don't think that that's in his DNA, uh, so I expect him to play. It's an interesting conundrum. Do you give whatever the injury is another couple of days to heal, and if you're able to win, you can come back with him in game number six? And or do you put him out there to try and keep your season alive at I don't even know whether he's 70 percent. He might not even be 60 Mm -hmm. the way uh, he's having trouble shooting the puck. Uh, Does that does his presence mean that much to that group? And it might. It it absolutely might. Or some power play time Uh, might. I don't think he's playing a regular shift, but I the rest to try and hopefully you have him back if you can extend the series, put it on a win-for-him type situation, or do you put him in the lineup? Ah. And I, then there's the other part. Where do you draw the line of playing an injured player? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, he's he's got to be able to give you something. And I guess the question is, if he can't give you anything, then you're doing a disservice to the rest of the team. Now, that all being said... I just don't think that if, if Matthew Kachuk tells you he's going, the the ability that he brings, even though he doesn't have uh, the shot that he can rely on, he can get to the front of the net. He can make things happen that way. I just don't see a scenario where you where you don't sit him or where you, you keep him out of the lineup. I've heard sternum. I've heard collarbone. And I've heard shoulder. I don't know which one it is. It's something up there. Uh, in and around that area. Sternum and collarbone, you can't freeze that. 
No. You can wear a brace well, I on mean, the collarbone. But, but you can't you can't you can't a shoulder you can take an injection and numb it. And you can play. Sternum or collarbone, you gotta fight through a lot. Now that being said, your idea of try to win it for him in game number five, see if he can come back and be a difference maker in game number six, all of that makes sense if it's a situation where you think that he's going to be infinitely better and yeah, by Friday. And I, I, I don't know. I don't get the sense that, that he would be. So I think you got to have him in because so much of what they do offensively goes through Matthew Kachuk, his presence being on the ice. And you know, I don't know how many penalties you're looking to get in that in that game. I, I really don't because I think the Golden Knights are going to be disciplined tomorrow. But even if you've got Matthew Kachuk on the ice, just for power play, just that's for what they did plays. in the third period. Yeah. They basically shut him down, hoping for a power play, didn't get it, and then they played him uh, be, just a, a shift before uh, the final minute. Uh, we have another situation that I want to uh, address, and that is Charles Barkley uh, telling uh, the audience in Canada that he didn't think Jack Eichel recognized him when they saw each other at the team hotel. Yeah. That's not true. Okay? Charles? Charles the Entertainer. (laughs) I love it. I saw Charles on the weekend. He's awesome, dude. Uh, Never had a bad time with Charles. But Charles, he knew who you were. Uh, You went over to him and said, hey, I know you're busy. You got stuff going on. I just wanted to say hi. And Jack let him go. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like he didn't know who Charles was. He absolutely did, but was respectful and just let him go on his 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 way. So I just, just want to set the record straight. Yeah. Yeah. Jack knows who Charles Barkley is. Yeah, he said that today. All right. Yep. Just uh, uh, we, we can finish uh, with that. I feel really good about that. Well, it's because it was, it was all over the place on social media after mm-hmm. Charles said that the yeah. other night. Yeah. Like, who doesn't know who Chuck is? Right. Hockey fan or... Basketball I, fan I'm, or bowling fan or I, I am a one sport guy. I know I know Chuck. Yeah, I know Charles Barkley. That's his name, right? He was uh, yes. he was out. Uh, that was that was the joke. I was setting up for it. Huh. He, he was out the other day. Bummer. Uh, with with everybody after the game too. Yeah, just an awesome dude. Just so much fun, and he's not one of those people that hides in the corner or mm. needs his own space. The place in the establishment blocked off and doesn't want people coming up. He's right in there with everybody else. You know, the thing for me that um, that I love about Charles Barkley is how much he loves hockey. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and, and it's legitimate. Like, the idea that, that Charles was talking about why he loves the sport and it being that everybody that plays this game, every single person that laces him up has one goal, one goal only, that's to win the Stanley Cup. And, and that's what they do, as he said, better than any other sport in, in the world. And I I love how much he legitimately loves the game. One of his best friends is a buddy of mine, Rod Black, Canadian sportscaster. They, they are super uber tight. And uh, and I think that's part of uh, some of his love for hockey, because he and Blackie are just like, they go back so, so far. Uh, and uh, I can't think of Charles without thinking of, uh, of Roddy. Uh, other league news to tell you about. Ryan Huska has been named the head coach of the Calgary Flames. Mm-hmm. Uh, 47-year-old. He's been an assistant in Calgary for the last five years. Uh, takes over from Daryl Sutter, who he was an assistant under. Uh, so he knows the group. 
I think that's important, mm-hmm. uh, but will bring a different style. I'm somewhat surprised that Craig Conroy didn't go outside the organization. But then you think of Craig Conroy being promoted from within the organization. Mm-hmm. Did he have more of a feeling of appreciation for going that route? I I feel like that probably probably was in line, right? Because as as you know, if you're somebody like Craig Conroy who's been working behind the scenes and and you've got your opportunity and you know and you trust what you have in in Ryan Huska, then I, I think you give it an opportunity. I think you give it a chance. Now, given how things ended last year for the Flames, and you know, I think if you just go in a different direction as a coach other than Daryl Sutter, you're probably on the right track here. But um, I think understanding, knowing from within the organization, giving a chance to somebody that's been inside the organization because that was uh, essentially done for Craig Conroy is probably the right direction to go. And and to be honest, I, I think that you you try to listen into your players. You try to find a way that, that you know, you can make it work on the ice. And I think that the Flames are going to get a little bit a little bit younger next year. And, and having somebody that's familiar and, and been around, I think, is important. In this case, I think the attitude of the players and their commentary to the general manager, Craig Conroy, probably influenced a lot. Mm-hmm. Because the players, they, they, they didn't, they were done with Daryl's message. The hardcore yeah. guy. Having, and assistants are generally a softer touch. They're the conduit to, to the players. Uh, this this one has players having a big say in what's going on. And then Conroy uh, coming down that uh, that same route. Uh, Mike Babcock, it, we're waiting. Mm-hmm. It's going to be another couple of weeks before he's uh, hired on uh, with the uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, as, as that's going to be made official. Uh, what do you expect from Columbus next year with Babcock? Um, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I, I mean, I think for the Columbus Blue Jackets, they have, you know, they've certainly made some moves so far in the offseason. You bring in Ivan Provorov. Um, you, you're trying to solidify your defense. I think, you know, the, the biggest thing that, that I think is going to be interesting is how Johnny Gaudreau responds to a Mike Babcock as his coach. Because I, I know we kind of talked about I don't think this move happens without getting the okay, and, and that's fine. Like, and, and I, I tend to, uh, I tend to agree with that. But my argument is Johnny Gaudreau had his best season of his career playing under a very hard nosed coach in Daryl Sutter, and I don't know if there's just something about that combination of being pushed in the right way, having your buttons pushed in the right direction brings out the best in Johnny Gaudreau, but I think that if he's on board with it and he wants to be a part of it and he's got no issues with it, then I think that the sky's the limit for Columbus. I do believe that they are a team that can get better quickly, especially with a guy like Mike Babcock who knows how to coach and is very good at getting the best out of the talent that he has around him. I don't know who's going to play the most games in goal next season for the Columbus Blue Jackets, but I'm going to say right now, 
They're going to make the playoffs in the uh, Eastern Conference. Well, yeah, and they made the trade for Damon Severson as well. So they've they've bolstered their blue line quite a bit here before they've even announced Mike Babcock as their uh, as their next head coach. So um, there was expectations to challenge for a playoff mm-hmm. spot this year. Mm-hmm. They've added to it, mm-hmm. and now they've got a Stanley Cup winning coach who's worked with teams with less talent and coming up Anaheim. Yeah, and he's worked with. Top end payrolls, and he's worked uh, uh, with stars in Detroit and and Toronto, and he won with uh, with Detroit. I, I think they're going to make the playoffs, and we saw this year the impact of first year head coaches with teams. Yeah, yeah. I I liked Columbus going into this season. Um, injuries were obviously an issue for them, along with a, a whole host of other things. But I, I I'm not that far off. I'm really not. Let me let me see what they've got. Cooked, cooked up over the next couple of uh, months, and we'll, we'll see from there. All right, you got uh, something to give away here for Father's Day. Well, I, I do. Um, you know, Father's Day is pretty awesome. Hey, congratulations to all the fathers out there. But we've oh, got. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, we've got two tickets. Good for all three nights of Power Trip Live, October 6th, 7th, and 8th, Empire Polo Grounds, Indio, California. You know, it's like Coachella, but for heavy metal fans. Um, Friday night, you got Guns N' Roses and Iron Maiden. Saturday night, it's ACDC, Ozzy Osbourne. Sunday night, it's Metallica and Tool. Ironically enough, I actually saw Tool there once at Coachella. Don't ask me about it. Anyway, uh, two tickets. 702-876-1340 is the number. Caller number 10, you're a winner. We'll be back with uh, Catching Up with Jared next. Was one time timers brought to you by Paul Pata Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for catching up with Chapman. That's the one intro you play today, and the guy's not even here. Justice? No, he's here by proxy. Well, believe it or not, the catching up with Chapman. Imaging is very prominently shocking. No way. <laughs> really? Yeah. Hey, I played one-timers. I played the correct one-timers. I even played the Go class on. for it. You had to because that one's sponsored. Yes, I know. Yeah. So what do you got going on? I mean, honestly, I wrote down this question, and I don't know if I'm, if I'm like, this is bad juju to bring this up. Mm. But the fact that one of the movies... All right. So let me just ask the question, then you guys can yell at me if it's bad juju. If you had to make a movie about the Golden Knights, which style would you go with? Would you go with a, like, Moneyball where it's all in the management side of, like, they're putting together a team and you have to play the team the way we designed it? Or would you make it like a, oh, they didn't even make the playoffs last year, like a glory road where it's about the players individually? What do you guys think? I'm going players, like Major League. Something along yeah, that yeah, I'm with well, I'm with Darren there. Fiction. No, no, no. <laughs> I I would I would absolutely like lean into the journey from last year to this year. I think there's a lot of gold there. Wow. Okay. I thought there might be some level of discussion considering that we. Are you getting a tattoo oh. tomorrow or what? Oh, geez. that's really what it boils down to. I really don't like going down the, to the strip unless I have like free part. All right. Let me actually, let me answer well, your Uber. question. Hold on. Let me answer your question with, <laughs> with a, a question. question. Okay. Darren, where are you watching the game and do you have an extra ticket? Uh, I'm watching the game from T-Mobile arena and no, like, it is. I know it's <laughs> done. It's sold out. Crazy. It's crazy. 
Uh, have I told you the story about uh, the New York Rangers in 94? Did I, I tell you guys that one? I, you've told us a lot of stories. Right. I'm not sure that that one is one of them. So it's game five tomorrow at home, chance uh-huh. to clinch. Yeah. 1994, the New York Rangers, up 3-1, had a chance to clinch in game five at home. Mm. The price of those tickets was record-setting, mm. MSG. Like mm. you could, Nobody's seen anything like it. That series ended up going seven. Yeah. The price for game seven was half of what it was for game five. <laughs> no way. Because people wanted were so excited to see the Rangers win mm-hmm. at home. But when it went to game seven, nobody wanted to be there in case they lost. <laughs> <laughs> so people that that held out mm-hmm. or couldn't afford game five. Mm-hmm. Got in for cheaper in Game Seven, but that game—that's why Game Five tomorrow night. The opportunity to win without the ultimate bad mm-hmm. is such a carrot for everybody. There's, there's nothing like. And I've received tons of of requests, uh, and, and I mean tons. Mm-hmm. People reaching out. There's nothing available. Yeah, zero. So you, you, right, the, the, that's the long answer to say you're on your own, kid. Really, I think you of all people could pull my classic getting into the club move of walking past the bouncer and going, oh, don't worry, he's with me. Yeah. I think you could pull that off. I think the security would go, oh, okay, he's with Darren. I think you and I could pass for brothers, too. Yeah, he's, a big, he's a big deal. He can get you in. My face is, the ra- I'm the rounder, brother. <laughs> I've got one of those, too. I don't even know what that means. I've got a rounder brother. Uh, we are it's not weird. here tomorrow. But we will be back I'll for be sure here tomorrow on Wednesday. We are not here tomorrow. Yeah. You're on the air with a pregame show yep. at 4 o'clock. Yep. And then puck drop just after 5 o'clock. Get there early. Great concert. And then a flyover tomorrow afternoon to Shiba Plaza and all kinds of entertainment. Get a tattoo with Jared Justice.